You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26er family? Welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are back again with Extraordinary Occurrences featuring our producer extraordinaire, Demarcus Adisa. How are you? You want the uh, on-air answer or you want an honest answer? We keep it all the way real on this show. Truth is I'm tired. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like, um, I don't know, I just don't feel like myself. I feel a little out of it right now. But I'm here, right? Got to get the people to product. Right. And, you know, um, we are big on consistency, yes, uh, but we're also big on authenticity. And, you know, I think both of us are in a place where we were just like not feeling this, but it just worked out that we were overdue uh, for extraordinary occurrences and didn't want to kind of put filler content um, here. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer that you got to practice what you preach. So we can't encourage people to come on and be really candid and authentic on the show if we're not willing to do that as well. So here we are, battered and bruised, but here we are. Battered and bruised, but here nonetheless. Yeah. So um, let's jump right to it because I don't really know how to get around this episode without talking about it. Um, so as we were saying before we press record, it's, it's been a trying few weeks. And I know that that's the case for like everybody I know. Right. Um, everybody's got stuff going on between the political climate, the upcoming election uh, loss. I feel like is surrounding, you know, everybody in some form or another. Um, and I just experienced an immense loss just, a f- you know, a few, not even three days ago yet at this point, um, a little over 48 hours. So I'm grappling with that. Um, but, you know, leading up to it, there was a lot going on. Um, so it's not COVID related. Let me just say that. But I lost a, a good friend to a terminal illness and everything happened really, really suddenly and, you know, all condensed uh, into a short amount of time. So I'm partially in a state of shock still, uh, but also like deep in the throes of initial the initial stages of grief. Um, so it took like all day to pull it together just to to do this episode. Um but I'm here. And I commend you because yeah. I would have phoned it in. I would have been like, uh, thank you and good night. Right. Go vote on Tuesday. And I thought about that. I thought about it for a while. Um, I knew this. We couldn't record this yesterday because yesterday I was in shambles. Um, but today I just tried to like prepare my mind and heart to do this because I think it's important to um, be honest about things. And I know we're all tired of 2020 and tired of the bad news and tired of the trauma and the crises. So, you know, I think I've done now, we've done over 140 episodes um, and I've, we've had people come on the show and like lay it all on the line, cry on the show the whole nine. Uh, so, and I also come from the Oprah Winfrey School of Journalism where you always show up. You should never miss an episode right. in 25 years. So um, I felt like it was important to do that. And I felt like it was important to honor my friend who was a huge supporter of this show um, and did a lot to, to really put bus and support in a lot of different ways. So that's where I am. Uh, and uh, doing better than I thought, though, on this episode so far. So I'm I'm, I'm happy about that. Delicia is a robot, y'all. Did you just call me a robot? Yes. Like you're, <laughs> you can be very ro- robotic. I don't think you're that. I don't think you deal with things the way average people do. You know, I think and I think that's just because 
so much trauma in my life has like aligned to like times when I just had to had to rise to the occasion. Right, right. You know, and it's been like that for ever, forever. <laughs> Before you could even finish, it's, that's our lives. Yes, that's, our lives have always been. It's always something that's going on, something that be solved. And like when you come from, I don't want to say disadvantaged because I don't feel like we were disadvantaged, but there are things lacked in a certain ways. Like you always rise to the occasion. You can't afford to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Like life goes on. You got to get it together. Right. So, you know, and I just think back to, I guess, like some of the most major losses I've had in my life. You know, it has always happened at times where like you just can't crumble. You know, when I lost my, my godfather was in the middle of exams, my sophomore year of college. Um, you know, I lost Nana. We lost Nana five weeks before my law school graduation. Mm-hmm. So I had classes to finish. I had an externship to finish. I had, I was a research assistant. Um, so I had all my research stuff to turn in if I wanted to graduate on time. So it was like, okay, you can grieve for this amount of time during the day, but you gotta, you know, you gotta pull yourself together. So, and I'm not saying that that's healthy or that's something that I wear as a badge of honor. Um, it just so happens that life has worked out like that. I have not been a robot this weekend, though. That's for sure. That's true. Um, that's true. But still, I, I think, I don't know if I, if I, you know how close I am with my friends from mm-hmm. like college. I don't know if I would have came out of the room mm-hmm. um, if I got that kind of news. Like, you know, you know how, you know, the people who I'm close with like that without mm-hmm. me saying their names. But I don't know if I would have been able to report this podcast or just do anything pretty mm-hmm. much. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like you and me are the same. I know a lot of people, but my core of friends is a very small group of people. And these people, these are people that I've hold in like family members. They are family members. They're like siblings. Right. Um. So even in your own little way to be pressing forward, it's, it's different. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I had a conversation um, with a really good friend from the same circle early. We've all been talking e- even before, you know, this this loss leading up to it. And um, what's interesting is that everybody was reeling on Friday and kind of reeling yesterday, but in some form or fashion today is now in project manager mode. Um, of trying to figure out, okay, how do we help? How do we plan for X, Y, and Z? And I think, you know, as a culture, we are conditioned that way, right? right? We got to rally, we got to come together. But this year, with everything that has happened this year, um, both personally, our gear started off crazy. We talked about loss at the top of the year before COVID really took hold. Um, And just what's going on in the world. I think um, one of the things that is really, I'm really cognizant of of is the need for self-care and to be kind to yourself and honor whatever it is that you're feeling. And if you need to call in, call it in like, you know, I can't, I need a minute, but that's okay. Right. Um, and what's interesting is, so this, you know, I got this news and that afternoon at a therapy session already scheduled. So it was a big question about like, okay, the question to myself, am I going to keep this session? You know, am I going to, am I going to take it? And my knee jerk reaction was to, to cancel it, you know, and say, all right, let me, let me just, you know, reschedule, push it off a week or what have you. Um, because it's one thing, you know, we encourage therapy on this show. There's one thing to to be vulnerable in, in therapy. It's another thing to be broken in right. therapy. Um, but I I decided to to keep it. And one of the things that came up, you know, even though I cried through 90 percent of it. But one of the things that came up um, was which I wanted to bring up on the show is when you are someone who is known for supporting people through really hard situations and 
being able to stand and deliver, um, you have to be you have to be even more aware of your vulnerabilities when you're in the middle of a crisis. And you have to be hyper vigilant and proactive about setting up the right support system, because even if you feel OK right now, something may tip the scale right. and, trigger and trigger you in a way where you feel like you can't come back from it. So. I wanted to bring that up because I feel like the kind of people who listen to this show are the people who keep going right. and the people who show up and they rally for folks and they bring people together and they manage things uh, without maybe taking the time to process whatever's going on with them. Um, and considering everything that has happened this year for all of us in some form or fashion, I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like it's a good exercise. Um, the year is not over. I don't know if anybody's been doom scrolling, but if you look at the news and what they're talking Talking about with COVID and um, that we are in the middle of now a second wave and these numbers are Off higher the than charts. they were in March um, and that it could be worse than it was then. And when we think back to how devastating this has been, that's scary. Um, so I just want to encourage our 26er family to put the precautionary measures in, in play, uh, if you can, within your village to make sure that you have adequate support, even if you feel like you're managing today. If you've got a lot going on and you feel like the, the stress of it all or the anxiety or the grief is really bubbling up, Make sure you have people that can have your back for sure. For sure. And also don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. Like I, I feel like um, because of, you know, the current environment we're in, social media, all these influencers, people make you feel like you have to be Superman. You have to do everything at all times. And nobody has that. These people that we revel and gawk over on online a lot of times are wealthy and they have teams, they mm -hmm. have cooks, they have drivers, they have housekeepers. They like so they're allowed they 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 accomplish all these things because they have support systems. But the average person, even if you're doing all right, like like you got family members, you got extended family, you have your job, the things that you're working on. Um, and there's only a finite amount of time and energy you can give to things. And I feel like we're all, because of everything that's occurred this year, what's going on, we're all a little exhausted. And it's all right to say no to things. It's all right. Turn things down that are not worth your time or you're not really interested in. And you don't owe anyone anything. I had to realize that for myself. Like, I don't owe anyone anything. Even if people have done things for me in the past, if it's messing with um, my peace of mind, I can say no. Mm hmm um, and, and a lot of times I feel like there's this guilt, especially with black folks, um, because we always think about, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be down when I need this, this, that, and other. So let me go ahead and make this happen. Let me do this for this person. Let me, and we overextend ourselves and it can bring you to a point where you feel like, you know, like, like a breaking point almost. Right. Um, but we have to realize for our own peace of mind, there's no animosity towards anything. Sometimes it's all right to say no mm -hmm. and to turn some things away so you're okay. Because if you don't have peace within yourself, like if you're not all right, how, how can anything or any of your other relationships or any, any of your other endeavors um, succeed. Right. And I think, you know, we've been trained, got to work twice as hard, you got to work twice as hard. So also on the guilt piece of feeling like, we, you know, we might owe someone something. I think it's this idea of not wanting to appear weak or like we can't deliver, particularly with work, you know, right. situations or a business or what have you. Um, and I knew this, right. And from a, the pragmatic side of my brain, before this past week, um, but I had to really remind myself that if something were to happen to me, they'd figure out how to go on. Right. And right. what I mean by they, I mean the people that I work with. Um, I'm talking about my profession now without giving too much away. Um, but I think, too, what this is all reminded me of 
is a what's really important. And I know that sounds cliche, um, but also our our mortality. Right. All of us like we all think we have the gift of time, um, you know, decades left to live and and what have you. And I think before this, of course, COVID really was a sobering wake up call that like anything could happen. Um, but now looking back um, on the last few weeks, I just realized how much things can change in a very short amount of time. And for me, I've been asking myself, how do I want to spend my time? Right. Because life is really, really fragile. And there are many things that I've done just because I didn't want to let people down, like you said, or feeling like, okay, they did this favor for me. Now I got to, they're calling in a favor. And yes, there is a reciprocity to certain relationships. I'm not saying that, but I think- It's got to be reasonable. It has to be reasonable. And- we have to take a real assessment of the bandwidth that we have to be there for other people and the capacity um, because I'm now realizing that like you really can be here today and gone tomorrow. Right, right. And we talked about this, you know, earlier in the year and I don't know why it's just even realer to me now. I just don't know if it's because I've I've been on the sidelines to like so much loss this year um, and then feeling this one very, very viscerally after two decades of, you know, a sisterhood and friendship. Um, and also, I think being so close to the intimate details about it and just knowing how things unfolded. I'm really taking stock of everything in my life and saying, what am I passionate about? What do I have to do? What edifies me? And what are all of the things that can go? And what are the relationships that are not serving me anymore or never served me? And that might require me to actually put an end to it and close that door. I'm, I'm having like really strong internal conversations about that. Right. And those are very tough conversations and painful conversations. But I feel like um, through my own ups and downs of this year, I realized like I have, I feel like I said it before on a podcast, but I'm just not doing anything that doesn't make me happy. If it's not critical to my life and my well-being and my upkeep or not something for like an immediate friend or close family member, somebody in dire need, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Because the only, what happens is people ask you to do something or something is proposed and you do it. Um, and people, um, you do it, but you don't actually want to do it. You're doing you out of a sense of loyalty, but then it's so, it may so seize a resentment or anger and frustration in your own life. Mm -hmm. So why subject yourself to that thing? Like the, it's not worth the feelings and that's going to come along with that. So I'm just kind of at a point with everything is like, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do, which may sound crazy, but. And it may not work for people, but that's what works for me and my peace of mind and my mental health. Right. And, you know, I've, I think I've talked about my three buckets on the show mm. before about how I attempt to filter requests and, and favors and people asking me to do things. And the three questions I always ask myself are, is this someone I just want to help? Is there something I can learn from this by doing it? that will be valuable to me later? Or is there something of value I can get out of it via reciprocity, uh, financial gain, or what have you? Um, and I think sometimes we push a lot of things into that first category of, okay, well, I just want to help this person without really assessing whether you need to throw your pearls before swine, as they say. Um, and Okay. No, nah, I, I just thought about church. I thought like that organ <laughs> should have came in like bam, bam. the Hammond V3. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think sometimes that first bucket is overused and people put pressure by way of affiliation or otherwise right. um, to say, oh, you know, we're connected in X, Y and Z way. So do me a solid. 
Um, and I'm just really, really thinking twice about who I help and where I sell. So my gifts and time, talent and treasure, as you always say. Right. Because it's a finite amount. It's it's a finite amount of uh, time, talent and treasure that you have. Some people um, have unlimited. It's rare that somebody has unlimited of all three. Mm-hmm. If you got a lot of talent and you got some money, you probably don't have a whole lot of time. Right. Um, but I feel like, you know, these are not lessons we didn't know. But sometimes things happen in our lives that are course correct mm-hmm. and a refresher like you're getting off track that kind of steer you back to the lessons that you already knew. I don't feel like we're saying anything right now that's just like groundbreaking, like a King Solomon and Queen Sheba or something like that. But these things happen that just remind you of things that you may have um, um, forgot about or they can be very sobering and put you back in a state of mind because you've gotten away because it's just the even in COVID, the 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 word I'm looking for, the craziness of day to day life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I and I think that's part of why I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this episode because I couldn't think of anything profound. Right. Like nothing that felt groundbreaking or to your point or earth shattering to say. Um, But I also think it's okay to put our own humanity on display. You know, and and while our goal with the show is always to like knock it out of the park and really open people's minds to something they didn't may have not have thought about or exposing them to a journey that may be different from their own. Um, I think there is a tie that binds all of us this year, and that is uh, some form of grieving. I don't know one person who is not grieving in one way or another, uh, the stress, the anxiety, the economic uncertainty, all of it. And if there was ever a time to really take stock of what really matters to you personally, I think that time is now. Right. For sure. So that's that's where I am. And I uh, I also am one of the things that I think has been a plus for me in, during this pandemic is that being home and everything slowing down in a way that would not have happened if we were not in this shut complete shutdown is, you know, my friend that I just lost, we wouldn't have caught up the way we did, mm-hmm. you know, and having like this crazy long conversation that was like, just like old times two months ago. Um, and then everything turned uh, and being able to talk to her in the last few weeks as well. But having had that time and I've done it with several people of connecting uh, and really like bonding, like we haven't had time to do since people have had families or careers right. or passions or kids, whatever. Um, so that's one thing that I am finding gratitude in. And one of the things that I'm trying to carry forward of getting out of that cycle of telling people we got a link, we got a link, we got a link, actually trying to find the time to do so. Right. And I, I think, especially in the Northeast, I feel like it's like uh, people feel like when they you link, it has to be something grand. Mm-hmm. Linking can just be a phone call. Just right. get on the phone or getting a a call. It doesn't have to be a whole IG extravaganza of brunch and this, this, that, and other. Literally, I can go sit in a park and talk to somebody if we like. But, you know, COVID, it's caused a discipline. We don't always have to do something grand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a spectacle. It can just simply be a phone call when somebody's free. When are you free? Mm-hmm. And we talk on the phone and catch up. Yeah. And I had an experience um, a couple of days ago. So it was the day, it was a few hours after I got in the, the news and someone reached out to me and said, uh, did you want to talk at some point? Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to have a discussion about something. I won't get into what. And I said, um, now's not a good time. M- maybe next week. And I said to provide a bit more context, I explained what was happening. And um, I said, yeah, so 
given that loss, I am reeling and I just, I'm just not in a good place right now. And the first response I got was, okay, next week is great. (laughs) And that was it. And then, um, after a few minutes later was the, the, my condolences, which felt like an afterthought. And I realized in in that moment that like, I don't want people in my life like that anymore. Right. You're not, you're not listening to what I'm saying. And I th- I know we are in the New York City metropolitan area where everything is go, go, go and what's next. And people kind of have that expectation that you are going to stand and deliver. And this is not even some like professional. This has nothing to do with like how I make money or any of that. Um, but I think people have this expectation because of my public persona that I could always be on and be available to them. Right. Um, and even though this person don't even know me well enough to, to come to that conclusion, but I realized in that moment, I was really caught off guard by it, but I realized in that moment, you really got to assess who you have around you. Oh, for sure. Are, is it people who really protect your peace and support that, um, and help edify you in that way? Or are they really just about what they can get out of you and right. from you? Um, and I've always, we've talked about this. We, we know a lot of people. My circle has always been small in terms of who I really count as a village and like true, true friends. But now I'm starting to look at that next, that outer ring as well. I don't even want to be affiliated with you right. if you don't operate under a certain value system that I do. Right. Cause what, I mean, what, what it's all transactional. What are you bringing? Mm-hmm. And me personally, I'm big on respect. I feel like that is like the creed of our family. Like that's mm-hmm. the baseline is like showing people respect and receiving respect. And I feel like people like that, you know, if we're having a conversation, you're not really listening to what I'm saying, like interpreting and like thinking. And, it, it, and sometimes we make mistakes because I've done things like that. And I realized like, oh man, I didn't, um, I did. I I didn't even take into account what this person just told me. But I'm man enough to go back and apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I you know, you just I, this actually just happened to me. I was trying to help a friend out um, who was shooting a video. He was looking for people to work on a video. There was a, there's a guy that I know. I don't know him very well, um, but I know he works in media. He works in entertainment. He has a lot of connections. I sent him a message asking um, for uh, some contacts for something. Um, and then I went back and I looked at the response. He didn't say anything, right? I looked on his IG, his father passed away. Mm. I went back and said, oh my God, I didn't realize what was going on. You grieving. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. He didn't say much. He like liked the comment, but sure. But like I was, I have enough um, humanity and humility in me to admit that that was wrong. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want anybody to do that. Man, right. father just passed away and I'm asking for some dumb contact mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I think sometimes people just have so much pride and ego and maybe they just not, not conscious to see like, hey man, like you did something wrong come back and apologize. Like, mm-hmm. and that's my big thing. You don't have to be perfect, but just make amends for the errors and that you uh, make. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that has come up a lot this year, uh, particularly because we're all kind of stuck at home mm-hmm. is when somebody is experiencing loss, like, what do I do? I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know what to do. I can't bring food. I can't, you know, we're all socially distanced, all of this other stuff. And um, when you're talking about a family, I've had a 20 year connection to. Mm. 
I feel, of course, I'm having my own grief experience, but I feel in even more deeply for them um, because I know how devastated they, they are. So there are a lot of conversations that have been happening within our community, our circle of friends, and everybody is just like, I don't know. I don't know what, what do we do? What do we do? And I think that comes up a lot where you want to be there for somebody and you don't know what to say um, or you don't know what moves to make. And what I'm realizing is that to your point, it's okay to just be like, I'm sorry, or my condolences, uh, or I am, I am here. I'm just here. And it's also okay to say, I don't know what to do, but I'm here. And I think people respect that. And of course, there are those outliers who are so deep in the thick of grief that you're not going to be able to, no matter what you say, it may not be the right thing. But for the most part, and having been through a lot of loss in my life, particularly in the last 10, 11 years, you you remember who reaches out and who doesn't. People remember. They remember. And you may not remember what everybody said specifically or what they did specifically, but you remember the people who back away and never say Anything. Right. And I, I think and I think it's crazy because we didn't have like a show planned out, but I feel like it's all coming together. I think that's the part. The main thing is just about showing up sometimes. Mm-hmm. You may not know what to do, but you want to be consistent in your friendship. So a, a dear friend of mine lost a sibling years ago. This is what, 2013, 2014. I didn't know what to tell him. He had lost so many family members, so many loved ones to all kinds of things, traumatic deaths, murders, all sorts of things. He lost a sibling, a younger sibling in a very tragic accident. You know what I did? I called and said, I don't know what to say, but um, if you need me, I'm here. If you just need to talk, you need to air your grievances. And you remember, I used to sit in the bathroom on the phone for hours and just let him talk. Mm hmm. And every once in a while, he brings it up. He's like, bro, I just appreciate, like, I felt like you were, you couldn't physically be there for me, but you were there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, people don't forget those sorts of things. And I think sometimes people just shy away because of the uncertainty, uh, uncertainty. What can I say? What can I do? But in times like those, the people that come and just sit with, like, we can't do it now, but, you know, but somebody passed, especially with black folks, you know, you come, you bring the chicken, you might just sit, you might just sit in the house the entire day with someone. Words are not being said, you know what I mean? Your cousin's off at the table playing spades or something, but people just come to the house and just sit, you know, everything doesn't have to be big, profound and grand. It Mm -hmm. can just be simple. Yeah. And I think being stuck at home and because people are just experiencing loss at an alarming rate this year, don't forget one of the beauties of the day and age that we're in is modern technology. So even if you can't be there sending Instacart to the house or Uber Eats or something just to try to support, um, because one of the things that I think has been, I won't say a downside, but a byproduct of the climate that we're in right now is we were already moving more towards like an arm's length transaction for everything. And like you send people your condolences on social media and it's like, I did my part. Right. Right. Um, But now that we're kind of forced to be in our own corners of the world, I think this reinforces that. But when people experience loss, they have very real needs within that family that still have to be addressed. So be creative, you know, figure out what you can do, even if it means contactless drop off yourself or just giving money or whatever. You might just need to send a card, right? A, right. Or break out old a school. old school, break out the fountain pen with the feather. 
<laughs> a quill and write a card out saying how you feel. Right. And those things matter to people, even if they don't respond right away, even if they don't acknowledge it today, tomorrow or next week. It matters whenever, especially when, when everything that does settles does. after that weird, you know, transitional week. Um, that's when you, you really need the support uh, to lean on. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm just hyper, hyper aware of how much grief people are walking with in 2020 now. And I felt the gravity of it before, um, but it has come knocking on my door again, you know, in a way that I just never really expected. Grief chilling in the house like it's an Airbnb. Like, I, I think mean, I'm a, I think I'm going to rent this for another week. Just here, like just ex- ex- extensions, just right. getting extension like, after extension. extension. What y'all doing over there? Literally every week is something, you know, um, and I am, I feel Somebody asked me how I felt yesterday and the word I used was gutted. I just, I feel like coming into October, I didn't have a lot left for 2020 and whatever I had, October ticket. Um, And I'm thinking about that in relation to the things that we have on the agenda um, and the calendar in the coming weeks that got to get done. Um, what does that look like? We still have our Thanksgiving drive that's happening. We've committed to these families, so that has to happen. We are on deck as panelists at a podcast festival in a couple of weeks, Afros and Audio, which we will be uh, posting about that. So I'm asking myself, how do you pull it together uh, and and bring your whole self to something when you're grappling with things personally that are pretty heavy? Uh, so yeah, I got to figure that out. And I don't really have the answer yet, if I may be completely honest. But you know what? You know, what's the what's the term? Things we come together in the 23rd hour. I feel like feel like that's just our lives. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is not having the answers and not knowing, but just kind of finding a way to push forward and do what you can. And these things always seem to work themselves out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just takes time. And it's it's whack to hear when you're in the thick of it. It sounds mad cliche, but that's just been my experience the past, what, eight, nine years I've been up here. Mm-hmm. Well, life in general, but especially these last eight, nine years, always like 23rd hour. Right. Th- things come through and they work themselves out. And, you know, I, I've been looking back over the last few months and everything. We talked about a lot of it on the show, the moving, I had a career change, all the stuff, what's going on in the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We did the back to school bash and kind of taking stock and feeling like, wow, you know, we got a lot accomplished, but there are some goals that we've had collectively. There's some goals that I've had personally of things that I want to get done um, and feeling like uh, I could have gotten farther on that. Um, but also not, I think before this week, I wasn't really giving credence to how things were impacting me, you know, and and how that might have slowed me down in a bit. But looking at the rest of the year, trying to find that balance between, because it's easy to fall into the trap of like, oh, life is short. I got to get it done. Like when Chadwick Boseman passed away and they were talking about how many movies he made from the time of his diagnosis at the time that he left here uh, and really like bigging him up in that way. Like, look at everything he accomplished while while sick. I think we do have this kind of grind culture where it's like these things happen and your first thought is life is short. I got to churn out. Whatever I'm supposed to be doing, I got to churn it out. Um, yeah, I get a terminal illness diagnosis. I ain't doing nothing but enjoying myself. <laughs> Like, respect to Chad, but that everybody, like, 
I, my thing is always do what works for you. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not hurt. There's no set path. Like six billion people in the world. We are all not the same. We have different temperaments. We want different things out of life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, there's this idea that you have to be constantly grinding. I'm doing for what? Right. For what? What is your end goal? What, do, what are the things that you really want? What's meaningful for you? And a lot of times, you know, I'm you here. A lot of things is money motivated, but people get this money. And then then what? what? What's the point of having the money if you can't even enjoy it? Right. Yeah. And I, I think for me, like I have a baseline and that baseline is we are committed to this show. Right. This is why we're sitting up here right now. Uh we are committed to the things that we decided that we were going to do in the in the community two times a year, whatever it is now. Um, I have to keep a roof over my head. All of that. Those things are my baseline right now for the foreseeable future. Everything else depends on how I feel. That is Amen. it. Like, I, I don't feel the need to be knocking it out of the park every single day on all fronts, firing on all cylinders. Like at this point, if... I'm good. My The people I care about are good, which is even is doubly important now. Uh, the things that I've committed to that I want to remain committed to, as long as I'm making it happen on some level, I really don't have anything else to give. And then you may get to a point where it changes. Life is seasons. Right. And energy levels and things change. And you're like, all right, I'm on a I'm about to grind it out. But no, no. Who can keep that pace up mm-hmm. all the time? Right. Um, it's just I don't think it's just, I don't think that's real. I don't think it's real that you've got those elite people who can do it all the time. But we all have to take breaks sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, those elite people, like you said, they, they oftentimes come with a lot of support. Shout out to you if you don't and you're operating at an elite level every day. Um, But when you're moving with a limited limited set of resources, uh, sometimes things got to go and you got to pull the levers accordingly. And that that is where I am. Um, I'm pulling my levers and pulling some levers that I never thought that I would pull. uh, But it's necessary. It's necessary for my own peace, my own sanity and my own well-being and well-being of people around me as well. For sure. So when this episode comes out, it will be election day. Um, we said we decided before we got on the air that we weren't beating anybody over the head about that because a by the time you hear this, the door will be closed essentially. Uh, right. You know, but I think for me, I cast I cast my ballot already. Um, people keep asking me, "What do you think? What do you think? What do you think?" Um, the only thing I have to say about this election is whatever happens on Tuesday. I don't know that it's going to be a clear cut decision one way or the other. That's number one. Uh, Number two, I'm thinking about where we are as a country economically. Uh, I'm thinking about the health and safety of of our population and what happens after Tuesday, because all the stimulus talks, all that stuff kind of went off the rails. And the reality of it is we are now pretty much in the second wave. And what does that mean for businesses and people's uh, employment status and, and everything else? So I'm really thinking about that. Like whatever the outcome is on on Tuesday, are people going to be able to keep a roof over their heads right. and food on the table? Um And I think I'm in a profession where a lot of people are just not as cognizant because they're in their cocoon and their bubble of like financial security. And part of it is just I'm an empath by nature. And secondly, having grown up in an environment where people didn't have unlimited financial resources. So I have a different view. Right. I have a different view and I think I have a different money to the toilet paper. (laughs) I can't. But I needed that laugh. 
um, to have a different sensitivity to people's safety uh, and and health and financial security. So I'm thinking about that. You know, the election, great. Let's see how this plays out. Everybody knows to go to go vote at this point. Uh, the voter turnout is already, I think, super close. If not uh, the early voting turnout, it was super close to 2016 in total. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's a slam dunk uh, for Democratic candidate, even no matter what the polls are showing. Uh, so I am I've done my part. I've done my civic duty, but I am now seeing uh, how this is going to turn out. But my question is, after Tuesday, what happens to families uh, who have food insecurity or are concerned about whether we're going to shut back down because this this virus and this pandemic is just not under control yet. So that's on my mind. It's really a subplot for me right now, the election and everything else. But I am thinking about it as well. I have no comment on the election. I mean, y'all know the vote. You can't open your phone without seeing a vote notification on one of these apps or getting a text message from one of these orgs like, Black man, go vote. Like, How did you get my number? <laughs> so Delisha said what needs to be said. There's no reason to try to dump gravy on a dish that's already good. I like that. I like that analogy. Um, so that's it. That's all I got for today. Uh, we said this back in February. I'm going to say it again. Somebody you haven't talked to in a while that you really care deeply for, pick up the phone. Call them. Call them. Have that conversation uh, because everything, and I do mean everything, can change in an instant. I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for the time that I've had. I'm glad we did the show. Anyway, to today. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, stay up. Take care of yourself. As I said earlier, find that support system, even if you don't feel like you need it today. You know, we we tend to, I use it like the car analogy. You hear that something going wrong with your car, like the check engine light is on and you keep driving around instead of taking it in for them to put it on the diagnostic machine. Then you wait till it's a big problem uh, and the mechanic calls you back with the, with the clipboard and is telling you all these additional things. Don't wait till you get called back by the mechanic. If the check engine light is on or you're hearing a strange sound, get the help now uh, before it becomes dire. We are all in a strange time and we all sometimes need to put the call out and say, hey, can you just, can I just talk? Can I vent? I'm feeling, I'm not feeling like myself. If you need to do that, do it. Anything you want to add? Put your boundaries up. Take your space. Keep your peace. And peace. Got it. (laughs) So yes, this episode was a bit heavier than what we normally do. I'm sure you can even hear it in our voices, but um, we thank you. We thank you guys for taking the journey with us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, and accepting us in our humanity as well. Um, We'll be back. We got some things coming up. Uh, As I mentioned, this podcast festival, which we'll be promoting, which we can't get out of. So we're definitely going to do that. Um, But listen, if something resonated with you in this show, even though we already said it, it wasn't necessarily the most groundbreaking piece of advice, but we feel like people need to hear it. So if you want to like, share, subscribe, please do that. Tell somebody about it. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.